Follow along beginning in verse 11. When Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel. And he's delivered me from the hand of Herod, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. But she ran in and she announced that Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, that is to Rhoda, you are beside yourself. King James, I believe, says you are mad. You're crazy. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. And so they said it is his angel. And here, just a little while, and then I believe we're just going to give some space for God to work Uh, to continue his work in this place I just want to preach Rhoda was right Rhoda was right amen could you just say that with me one more time Rhoda was right you can be seated here today praise God the news had quickly spread and cast fear into the hearts of many of the followers of Jesus That James is dead. Peter soon would be as well. See, James, he was the brother of John. These are the two two of the disciples of Jesus. James was a fisherman. He was one of the sons of Zebedee. He was one of the earliest disciples to sign on with Jesus. You were with us in our, in our morning Sunday school and our adult Sunday school here this morning, we talked about or we read the scriptures where Jesus went to Simon Peter and Andrew, these fishermen, called them to be fishers of men. And then he moved on just down the shore and found James and John. And on that same day that he said, I'll make you fishers of men, he asked James and John to be his disciples as well. James One of the very first disciples of Jesus. He was nicknamed by Jesus a son of thunder. We don't know exactly why he got that nickname. But you can see the closeness that he had to Jesus. He's handing out nicknames to him. James was beloved of Jesus. Not just because he had a nickname. But you see that he was clearly in the inner circle. Not just one of the twelve. But he was one of the three that were the closest To Jesus along with Peter and his brother John. James was there. He was present with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. James was one of the three who were called to be closer to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. The night that he was arrested. James was there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. James was the one who he helped start the church in Jerusalem. Now... James is dead. He was the first of the 12 disciples to be martyred for their faith in Jesus. He's not the first martyr. Stephen would be the first martyr, but he's the first of the 12 to be killed. Herod had locked him up in prison. 
He soon decided that it was time to stick it to the church. And he started with James. That this Roman sword, it brought a quick end to the life of James here on earth. But Peter was coming up next. (laughs) Well, Herod, the people pleaser that he was, he, he liked that the Jews were encouraged by the killing of James. So much so that when he heard their bloodthirsty applause, he said, come on, let's, let's get another one. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll find where Peter's at. I've heard that he's a leader among them. He would be a great one for me to kill next and get the encouragement of my people and get them on my side. And this surely also will impede the progress of the church. Those who are spreading this message about Jesus, those who are talking about him as a crucified savior, as the king who's now alive inside of them. And I, I wish it weren't so, but, but he, he did, in fact, arrest Peter. He found Peter and he, he imprisoned him. He placed him not just in prison, but in the inner prison. And now Peter knew that prison was probably going to be part of the deal. We talked about discipleship and the cost of discipleship. Peter understood there were costs to his being a disciple. He understood that prison was likely on the, uh, was going to come his way. He was, in fact, probably surprised that it took this long for him to end up in prison. Listen, it's not all easy. Following Jesus is not all easy. It's not just a clearly paved road or a paved path that we can walk on. It's not just a straight or even downhill incline or decline that you would be walking down to heaven. No, this, there are things, there are bumps and twists and turns and there are things that are going to come your way that, that maybe you don't expect. There's going to be costs to you living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Expect it. It's going to come. As if prison was not enough, Herod placed 16 soldiers to be stationed around Peter. Now, I don't know, he might have felt somewhat important to get 16 soldiers there guarding him. But 16 soldiers were there and they were ordered to keep him inside of that inner prison. Might I submit to you again, Peter was about to die. He surely was going to die. That's what it tells us if you, we didn't pick up those scriptures at the beginning of Acts 12, but it tells us James was killed. Herod killed James. He decided Peter's next. I'll throw him in prison. He's not going to die today, but he is going to die. And in fact, Peter would die. It just was not yet. Peter would die for his faith in Jesus. Peter would die as a disciple. In fact, History tells us, we don't read it in scripture, but history tells us that Peter would one day be crucified upside down for his faith in Jesus. He would die, but not yet. Not yet. This was not going to be the time when his life would end. This night would not be the night. Now, I just want to tell somebody here at the beginning of this message that, that Herod, the Herod in your life does not have the right to determine when your time is done.
There's anybody in the house today who believes the scripture that tells us that the devil, he is a liar. The devil, he will tell you things and try to get you to believe things. But he is not only a liar, he is the father of lies. And there are too many in here who he wants to speak into your life where he does not have jurisdiction to speak. But yet he tells you it's over, it's done, you made enough mistakes, or you don't have what it takes, and you are finished in in this life. But it's not over. Do not believe his reports. Do not believe what he's been telling you. Do not believe when he tells you it's done. Because it's not done. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you are not finished with your story in Christ Jesus. As long as you have a capacity to to praise Him, you are not finished. Your story in Jesus is not done. See, I need to remind you that Herod's actions against you do not matter. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? You see, verses 5 and 6 of Acts 12 say that there was a prayer meeting going on. They were seeking God, and and shockingly enough, it it wasn't at church that they were praying. (laughs) And wouldn't it be an amazing thing if we could, I believe some things could really break loose if prayer came out of the church and into the home. Hmm. If we could get prayer outside of the church, and I'm thankful for prayer in the church, but if we could truly get a hold of prayer outside the church and get it into the home, then there can also, there could be some things that would really break loose in the spiritual realm. There are, th- there are some things. Peter in prison. Maybe it's your next door neighbor in prison right now. Maybe it's the person who's sitting next to you who they're facing some things that they don't talk about openly but they're in prison right now in their minds and there can be a shaking there can be some things that would happen if we could truly let prayer begin to work its way into our daily lives if we could truly let prayer become the thing that we that is not our last resort but it's our first response to the problems that we have prayer changes everything prayer changes everything. See, Peter, he was in the inner prison. He had two chains on him. There's keepers at the door. He had 16 guards surrounding him. If you read chapter Acts chapter 12, it says that in the midst of all of that, Peter was sleeping. (laughs) It's the night before his execution and Peter was sleeping. How could Peter be asleep the night before his execution? I'll tell you why. It's because your situation does not predicate your peace. What you are facing right now, it does not determine the kind of peace that you can have in your life. You may say, well, the the money still hasn't come in yet. Well, do you trust God or do you not? Do you trust God is going to make a way? Your situation does not have to predicate your peace. The the doctors told me that I have to come back for another round of tests. 
Stop living in fear of the unknown. Stop living in fear. Instead, let's lean into faith in the one who knows you inside and out. And even if the doctor's report comes back and it says that you have whatever it is that they may determine, that doesn't mean that I cannot live and serve God faithfully and wholly and have an impact in his kingdom. My situation does not mean that I cannot live in peace. That I have to live with fear. Stop the fear. Your situation does not mean that you have to live in fear, that you have to live with unrest and anxiety and all of these things that are attacking you, but you can have peace that passes all understanding. He is the peace. So there's some in this room today who I believe you have allowed the enemy to take from you your peace and your rest for far too long. You've left wide open this doorway to your mind so that he has, that, so the enemy has direct access to just instill fear and anxiety and all kinds of lies about how your situation is bigger than what God can handle. The situation of what you are facing, you don't you don't know how it's all going to work out. And, and here you are and you've allowed this, this, this door to remain open to where now fear and anxiety and all these things are coming in. And can I just tell you, stop it. Stop it. Stop the fear. Stop the anxiety. And I know, I know it's, it's harder sometimes than just saying, to, than just having somebody tell you to stop it. But when you truly understand that He has it all in His hands and that He's going to make a way and you may have to face some things, but let's trust Him. Let's look at Peter. Peter was asleep. He's asleep. He's going to be executed the next day and he's here asleep. So get yourself a little rest because God has a journey ahead for you. God has some things in store for you. Your story is not done yet. Get some rest in the middle of your situation. Stop all the fear and the anxiety because God, He has great things in store for you that if, with all of your fear and anxiety built up, He is not able to, to truly get that started in you so that you have the energy that's needed. To do what God wants to do in your life. You're going to need it. So claim rest. In fact, right now in this place, if you could just lift up your hands where you're at. Close your eyes. Just begin to claim rest. Claim rest in your mind. Curse fear. Curse the worry. Curse the things in your mind, the anxiety that's going on. God, I, I stop it right now. God, I pray that you would help us right now to get a hold, uh, Lord, to get, to get a handle on the things in my mind. God, that I cannot hand over to you, Lord, that I seemingly, Lord, feel fearful about. God, help us in this room. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. So while Peter is asleep, here comes his angel. Peter's sleeping so soundly that the angel had to kick him awake. At least had to hit him in some fashion. He was so discombobulated there that the angel, he tells him, Hey, get up. Get up. I'm here. Get your shoes on. Get dressed. Get, get your cloak on. Get all this on. And let's get on out of here. Verses 10 through 12. 
tells us that he walks right past the soldiers as if they didn't even notice him. He walks right out of the prison. When he gets to the city gates, the city gates open up. He walks right past the city gates. And then as he gets outside the city gates, all of a sudden the angel vanishes. As the angel vanishes, Peter, it says he comes to himself. And this is where we open up our text. He comes to himself and he says, that really happened. (laughs) I'm really free. I'm not dreaming this. And where's the first thing that he, that he thinks to go is to the prayer meeting. I don't know how it is. It doesn't tell us how he knew to go to Mary's house, but I believe that Peter knew if anybody's going to be praying for me, Mary, the son of, or I'm sorry, the, the, the mother of John Mark, she will be praying for me. If anybody's going to be praying, She'll be praying, and it's likely she's gathered some other people there with her, and they're all praying for me, so I need to head to Mary's house. And so, off to Mary's house he goes. Now, as he is heading there to this prayer meeting, there they are inside that house praying. He gets to the house, and he can hear it. They're praying. These people are praying. Uh, People laid out all over the place. There's one guy. I mean, he said hallelujah 52 times in the last 33 minutes. This guy, I mean, just over and over. They're praying, they're praying, they're praying. This guy's there. They're reaching the throne room of God. They're praying for the safety of Peter. They're praying that he be released. They're praying. Meanwhile, you have Rhoda sitting there close to the door. Halfway praying, halfway listening to the door. You have Rhoda who is there and she's praying and she hears a knock at the door. So she gets a little bit closer and she says, who is it? She doesn't know. I mean, it's Peter's just been arrested. James has just been killed. She doesn't just want to let anybody in. Who is it? On the other side of the door, she hears, it's Peter. Open up. Now, here's the crazy thing. They're praying for Peter. She hears the knock at the door. She asks who it is. He says, Peter. She knows it's Peter because she knows the voice of Peter. She gets excited. She forgets to open the door. Instead, she runs in to tell everyone else, Peter is at the door. Peter's here. And what do they do? They say, you don't know what you're talking about, Rhoda. You're mad. You're crazy. If Peter was at the door, we wouldn't be praying. We're praying because Peter's in prison. Peter's not at the door. Peter's in prison. That's why we've been up all night praying. All the while, Peter is standing at the door. And so here's Rhoda caught in between his knocking and their denial. Him saying, open up. 
them saying, it's not him. Rhoda's standing here saying, I know it's him. I didn't see him, but I heard him. I know it was Peter. And what does it tell us about Rhoda? It says, she just kept insisting he's there. He's there. They're saying, no, he's not there. He's there. The Bible says she kept insisting over and over and over. He's there. I know it was him. Did you see him? No, I didn't see him, but he's there. I heard him. No, that couldn't have been him. It was somebody else. He's there. Rhoda was right. Rhoda was right. See, they were so full of faith that it was easier for them to believe that it was Peter's angel than it was for them to believe that Peter was really there. But the Bible says that she just kept consistently affirming that it was so. That she would not let go of the fact that Peter is at the door. That is until finally they walk to the door and they lose their mind because Peter was at the door. Rhoda was right. Peter was at the door. (laughs) They get to the door. They open it up. Peter says, shh, calm down. You guys been praying, right? Your prayers worked. I'm here. Can I tell somebody right now? Your prayers are working. Your prayers are working. Your prayers are working. Don't you believe that what you're saying right now is just going into an empty space, but your prayers are reaching the throne room of God. Your prayers right now are reaching into a space that God is able to operate because you are releasing Him to do the impossible. You are speaking with authority, saying, God, move the mountain, and it will be moved. You begin to speak things as though they were and they come to pass you begin to pray just as jesus prayed with authority and he would lay hands on those and they would recover jesus said greater things than these shall ye do shall ye do you pray your prayers are working. See, you may you may be in a place right now where you feel like you're only hearing a little voice You're only hearing just a little bit of confirmation that your prayers are working. But can I tell you, that little voice is enough of a signal to tell you it's working, it's working, it's working. If you can hear just a little bit and God is saying, keep on praying, keep on praying, even if you haven't heard the voice yet, keep on praying because when we pray, heaven opens up. When we pray, hell gets nervous. When we pray, angels walk into prisons and they release captives. When we pray, Peter shows up at the door. When we pray, everything that you see right now, as it is, it can be changed because of people who pray. Prayer works. Prayer works. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If we could just have... Enough people who would believe in prayer. Enough people who would truly believe that prayer changes things. That prayer changes everything. I believe that God could do. That God could unlock something in this place right now. That would blow our minds. If we could be understanding it just like Rhoda where Rhoda is here and she's insisting your prayer is working your prayer is working sometimes in our own minds we refuse to believe the Rhoda who says my prayer is working but Rhoda is right 
Rhoda heard Peter's voice. Rhoda had enough sensitivity to not explain it away. She didn't say, oh, it's, it's just a coincidence. It, it kind of seems like an answer to prayer, but maybe it's not. I haven't seen the full results yet, so I can't really believe it. No, Rhoda insisted, it's Peter. It's Peter. We've been praying for him. I haven't seen him yet, but I know his voice. It's Peter. Our prayers worked. Your prayers are working. Your prayers are working. You may not have seen the completion of your prayer yet, but it's working. It's working. It's there. Is there somebody here today who you have not yet seen the fullness of your answers to prayer, but you have enough faith to say, if he did it for them, he's going to do it for me. If he did it for Peter, he can do it for me. If he did it for my neighbor, he can do it for me. If you've had God answer a few prayers, but you're still waiting on the big ones to come to pass, don't get discouraged. Let those little things be just the voice that you're hearing. The little testimony of what God is able to do. And keep on praying and believe that God is about to open up a door that we will answer every prayer that you've ever had. That God wants to open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing. See, not every, not every prayer is answered in the way that we want it to be answered. But God, but prayer does move God. Prayer does release God to do the impossible. If I could go back to the Old Testament, you see Elijah. And Elijah, he prayed in the Old Testament for rain. God had promised that it would rain. See, it hadn't rained for three and a half years It was this terrible drought, but God said, pray for rain and I'll send the rain. So he prayed and then he went, he sent his servant to go look for a rain cloud. And the servant came back and said, there's nothing there. He prayed again. Then the servant went, look for a cloud. Still nothing. Back to prayer. God, you said that if I prayed, you would send the rain. I have faith in your word. I'm not going to waver. Go look for the cloud. The servant comes back. I see a cloud the size of a man's hands. Elijah says, that's all we need. Get the chariots ready. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. God is moving right now. I hear just, I see just a little bit. For Rhoda, all I can hear is his voice. But I know that prayer is working. That prayer is, is, is coming to pass. That here right now in this room, I need you to believe that Rhoda was right. In fact, if we could stand all over this place, our musicians could come. Rhoda was right. Peter is at the door. She didn't have to, to see him standing there in order to believe that God had answered their prayers. Elijah, he didn't have to see the thunder and the lightning to believe that God was sending the rain. If you have not seen the full answers to your prayers yet, keep on praying. Keep believing. Most importantly, don't believe the lies and the reports of the enemy telling you that you're crazy for holding on to the promises of God when all you've seen is a few little hints of God's power to date. Your prayers are moving heaven and earth. I would that we could have somebody in this room here right now who you've been praying and in fact even last week you expected the miracle to come to pass and it didn't. But you've seen God work, and you still believe. Or would that you would step out in faith right now. 
And that you would not call Rhoda crazy. That you would believe that she is right. That you would walk in faith. That you would believe for a miracle here today. Believe that God wants to do great things right now. Believe that God in this place, he hears your prayers. That God is going to heal you. That God is going to begin to do a process in you that only he can. And in this house right now, if you could come, if somebody would step out in faith, believing, God, you are able. God, I surrender myself to you. God, here I am, Lord, and I need you to do what only you can. God, I pray right now, Lord, and I know, Lord, that you are able. You are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Lord, I believe right now. I believe in the promises and the miracles that you've you've given. Lord, I pray right now and I access the throne room of God. Lord, that you would open up the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. Could you come to somebody right now who's made their way up here, stepped out in faith? Would you begin to pray with them, believe with them? Could we tap into prayer right now? There's power in it. There's power in it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying.